Hello, Potecumens, and welcome to another episode of the Potecesis Podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by two of the greatest guys I know. Yes, two of them. Who are they? Um, yeah, who are those guys? Um, well, they couldn't make it today, so we're stuck with Jim and Alan. <laughs> You're stuck with us. We're stuck with Jim and Alan. So, guys, how are you doing? Well, I'm, doing I'm so hungry, I can't even stand it. Well, okay. Well, that landed like a lead balloon. That, that was a segue into our topic for the day. All right. Maybe my blood sugar is low, and I need to leave the episode to yeah. you. <laughs> Maybe you need yes. to pray. Could be. Could be. We um wow, we are thanks, definitely Alan. talking about I'll, uh, I'll, maybe I should maybe I should start doing that. <laughs> yeah, um, and if and you know if you don't know what to pray, the Lord has taught us how to pray. Oh, so, where has go. this been Boom. my whole life? Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> All um, of my problems are actually solved right now. Have you been withholding this vital information from me? I have, I have actually, I have for uh, so many episodes. Um, we, uh, we are so excited to be with you guys. Um, as always, you can hit us up on social media at Potechesis is where you can find us. Also, we ask that you would leave a five-star rating and review on Apple iTunes, and that will just help us uh, so much in that corner of the world, of the podcasting world. Um, and um, we, we want to talk a little bit. Uh, we love that we're getting some comments about some of our episodes that have been coming up. And we had a listener ask us a question about, is it right um, as after listening to an episode on, on communion, when we were mm-hmm. talking about the sacraments, he said uh, he was asking, um, is it right to deny communion? And I think that is a, uh, that is a powerful, um, powerful question, uh, an important question. Is it right to deny communion? Now, we and, know— And a uh, and, uh, well-timed question. Yes, very and, well-timed uh, uh, According question. to the headlines, it brought up a theological question, the good old news headlines for us. Absolutely. Um, so before we actually talk about that question, you know, in the Wesleyan faith, in our history, uh, th- this is actually a, a thing that has come up when uh, John Wesley was in Georgia. And uh, one of kind of the famous stories is that the, his love interest, would, uh, Sophie Hopke, would get married, and then um, Wesley would not be happy about that, and he would deny communion to her and her husband, and um, it would embarrass them to such an extent publicly that uh, a warrant was actually put out for Wesley's arrest. And um, so Wesley would escape back to England, not only a dejected failure in the ministry that he was here, but a wanted man, a wanted man. So um, yeah, such an interesting, an interesting question here about denying someone communion. So um, because he's never one to back away from controversy, I'm going to let Jim take this question. <laughs> oh, is that what we're going to do? <laughs> yes. Is that what we're going to do? So uh, naturally you're talking about in our various Christian traditions, we will have uh, different understandings of what particular vantage points of looking at what the sacrament of communion is and mm-hmm. who can come and who cannot, right? Um, and so you'll have those communions where it's uh, only baptized Christians, only members of that church, only members of that denomination. Um, and in our Methodist faith, uh, while we would say terms like open table, I think we talked about this in the podcast, it's not necessarily open unless you yourself will accept the invitation, right? So one of the reasons this has come up is because there's um, headlines. Uh, okay, so the question's probably legit. In yeah. my mind, it brings up, questioner, I love you. Thank you for your question. In my mind, it brings up the headlines that are coming out now about the Roman Catholic Church um, denying communion uh, to politicians. So uh, two things I will say. Is it right? Um, I would say that 
if you're a part of a community that holds standards uh, for the sacrament, um, and that community has decided that for this period of time or for this reason uh, mm-hmm. that you are not, then I would say that according to the community you've covenanted with, that it is right. Mm-hmm. Now, that's my opinion. Um, I also think that denying communion is is maybe a misnomer and mm-hmm. don't think that that's exactly what's happening uh, even in the Roman Catholic tradition. I can't speak entirely to it. I think that the Bible talks about multiple places about us preparing ourselves for the table uh, to receive the sacrament. Um, Paul talks about taking it unworthily. Uh, you can infer from the Sermon on the Mount that we should you know, reconcile with our brothers. Um, in the United Methodist and Methodist tradition, we would say um, we would confess our sin before God uh, and one another. Um, and so there are, in fact, conditions to that. So um, denying may not be the word as upholding your soul uh, in communion. Now, in my congregation, am I denying communion? Um, it's, I don't have the same community rubric in, in our churches, in the United Methodist churches, but they do in groups that have more stringent requirements. So um, that that also brings up the question that the the anger that comes out from stories of denying communion is partially sensational Mm. because it involves policies and and the church life. Um, But it also makes you think, is communion something that everybody has a right to? Mm. And that's a question. That's a real question. And um, while the answer was, I would like that to be yes, and I would like everybody to, um, we come at the grace of the Lord. Um, and even with a table as open as ours, uh, we invite those um, who love the Lord and seek peace with God and one another and who confess their sins come to the table. So now that's a little bit controversial and hard-edged of an answer, um, but I'm not interested in getting, say, on Twitter in the Roman Catholic Church's headlines and trying to tell them what to do um, with the community that they have set up. Um, you know, it's a, that, that's my, that's my take. I feel all of a sudden like it's a hot take because, uh, in fact, Alan's head is down below his camera. Yeah, no. So, um, I was actually thinking about just denying somebody next time I have communion, just so if I can get a warrant for my arrest, <laughs> I think that's yeah. like, Sounds I think like- that's like the, I don't know. It's just like the coolest story ever. (laughs) And how different of a culture and a world that we live in to where John Wesley denying uh, somebody communion, um, probably wrongly out of his own, like, yeah. Yeah. Jealousy type of thing. Um, Gets a warrant out for his arrest. He has to go back to England. <laughs> I mean, that is awesome. What a baller! Like, what a baller. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, like I'm just thinking. Let's let's see what happens. Let's just see what happens. Let's roll the dice. Let's go. Let's He's go. got he got a tattoo on his arm of a chalice and a host that with a circle and a slash through it. Yes, like it was yeah. like this. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, he. Uh, well, and I think the actual charge was public humiliation. But uh, still, uh, it came out of that pretty interesting. Wow. Now, uh, Jim, you, you make a good point. I think we do under we need to do understand that there are different Christian communities that look at the the Eucharist, communion, the Lord's Supper differently, and so they're going to have different standards. Is that the right word? I don't even know. Like about who can come, even at the beginning, you know, like in Roman Catholicism, there's a whole big deal about first communion. 
Mm-hmm. My uh, my son Jack just got invited to uh, this past weekend to a uh, reception, uh, kind of like a party uh, for a friend of his whose uh, family is Roman Catholic, who he just received first communion, and it was a big big deal. I know in UM circles we just that's not a thing for us, mm-hmm. um, and um, and it, you know we look at communion being a sacrament um, in certain other traditions, like in Southern Baptist traditions, communion is not necessarily a sacrament. It's more of a uh, or it's more of an ordinance or however they they look at it. So and and would be very limited in who it's offered to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. So um, it is, you know, different traditions have their different standards on how they on they ha- handle it. And uh, Jim, I like how you put, you know, we, in a sense, will say in the United Methodist Church that we have an open table, but we're talking more about like the different traditions that we allow to come in. Um, but we still have that invitation, and that invitation's got conditions built on it. Mm-hmm. Um, those who love God, who repent of their sin, who seek to live at peace with one another. Um, it, 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 those are conditions in the invitation. So um, that's interesting. And it's, it's not necessarily part of our practice that the one who presides at the table then polices, right. um, polices right, that in our church. And I think, I think my point is I'm, as I watch some of these things come up from other Christian traditions is like they, they have their community agreements, which is, you know, sometimes what, what I think of when I think of rules is they're basically agreements about how to live together and yeah. um, and with if you're in that community, then you're a part of that agreement. And I may not understand or want the same kind of agreement, but I think that there's something to be said about communities uh, holding their agreements to accountability. Mm. I think that maybe we've seen some things fall apart when that doesn't happen. Amen, brother. Amen. So, yeah, that is my rant. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I feel like I'm going to get some hate mail from somebody. <laughs> uh, I can't remember who asked the question, but thank you so much. I love you. And my answer might be horrible for you. Yeah. And I would love, I would love for you to push back. Um, yeah. And then let's, let's get bail money for Alan. <laughs> Cause it's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. <laughs> no, I like the idea. Like um, the reminder that like, you know, those of us who are ministering at the table or don't do the policing. What I have found actually is that those in the congregation police themselves um, wrongly or rightly, you know, yeah, like, I've seen uh, it more wrongly than rightly. I, correct. Right. But it's just interesting. Like, you know, you'll every now and then you'll notice when someone doesn't come up um, a lot of times, maybe it's a visitor and they're just not comfortable, but sometimes it's, you know, um, a church member who's, mm-hmm. but you know, so um, yeah. Interesting. That's awesome. Good question. Yeah, that's a great question. Great question. All right, so we're going to get into the catechism. It's sort of a flow into um, our question for the day where we're going to be talking about um, our daily bread. And, oh, man, I'm so uh, yeah. hungry. Man, yes, daily bread. I love bread. Do you, guys, I love bread. I love bread. good bread. I love man, good, good yes. bread is good. Yes. Yeah. Um, man, bread is good. You know, just, I had some, listen, okay, hold on. I got yes. a bread story. I mm. cooked, I cooked dinner last night. Right. And, mouth. um, I'm telling you, I'm not going to shut my mouth. Um, I came across a sous vide cooker, Ooh. which is an immersion circulator cooker. You can look it up later. And I made some, some sirloin steak. It was just me and me and the boys were together last night. Yeah. Ooh, nice. So that was good. You sear it off. Men, on anyway. being men. But the, uh, but the, um, with their sous vide frozen <laughs> sister Schubert dinner. Shut rolls your face. Those are my kids favorite rolls. The in bread the of world. choice. Yes. Oh my gosh. That was, some good, that was some good yeah, bread. I'm pretty sure that's what manna was like. Yes. <laughs> or or good old San Francisco sourdough. San Francisco sourdough is good. Those Sister mm. Schubert's are like tick, the Tic Tacs of uh, of bread because <laughs> you can just 
They're, you can just pop them in. They're just <laughs> once you stop, you <laughs> once you once you pop them, you can't stop. They're them, the, you know Pringles. What I'm the Pringles. And the, the Pringles. The Pringles. Pringles. And I, I can't, we're getting I it all cannot, mixed up, but it's fine. It's I, cannot deny, I cannot deny that I might have put about five tablespoons of butter on one roll. Yeah, yes. I mean, is there any other way to do it? No, I don't think so. Absolutely. Hey guys, let's just my cardiologist says yes. <laughs> I say no. What does he know though, or she know? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, what do they know? I mean, apparently a lot. Yeah, but about daily bread. Okay. All right. So enough of that. Okay. So um, we are going to be looking at the fourth petition in the Lord's Prayer. And uh, the question is, what do we pray for in the fourth petition? In the fourth petition, which is give us this day our daily bread. You can find that in Matthew 6, 11. In the fourth petition, we pray that of God's free gift, we may receive a competent portion of the good things of this life and enjoy his blessing with them. The competent portion. portion. As, as opposed the to good... the incompetent portion. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and enjoy his blessing with them. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, Just let me give you a first, a first like impression that strikes me. And I like this. Like I learned so much. Like I think about daily bread as like the base of what I need to exist. Yeah. And then the catechism comes around and it's talking about like not food. It's like, a good portion of the good things of this life. Yeah. And it opens the doors a little bit more. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love that. I, I agree with you. The good things. And, the, you know, I think we talk so much. I know in the last episode we, we um, where we're talking about God's will, we spent a lot of time talking about God's will in kind of the bad times. Like that, when you talk mm-hmm. about God's will, you say, you know, kind of keeping your right orientation of your life, even in the bad times. Um, but there are such good things too in life, right? There, yes. there are there are blessings in life, and we need to admit that, and we need to um, uh, hold on to that. And I think when we talk about God's daily bread, we're not just talking about you know uh, looking um, relying on God to sustain us. We're also talking about praising God for the good things that He has He has given us. So uh, we're going to look at some scripture here. Uh, we'll start with Proverbs. Taking a look at Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 and 9. Keep falsehoods and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, Mm. but give me only my daily bread. Mm, That's powerful enough. Continues, otherwise I may have too much and disown you and say, who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. Mm. Oh, that's, that's, that's great. What a great, yeah. Ah, that's great. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Yeah. Wow. Notes the danger of both and and the the sinful inclination of of unredeemed humankind who too poor would deny God and too rich would deny God. Yeah. But give me only my daily bread. Mm. Fascinating. Wow. And then we're going to look at First um, Timothy which um, really uh, the, the passage, the, the verse, the couple of verses, this is from 1 Timothy chapter 4, um, looking at verses 4 through 5, it says, For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, uh, for it is made holy by the word of God and prayer. But it's interesting. Let me read the context of this. Um, this, uh, starting at verse 1, uh, now the Spirit expressly says that in la- latter times, uh, 
Uh, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving uh, by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is made holy by the word of God and by prayer. And so uh, this is more than just a, a few verses, a couple of verses dealing, saying, you know, everything God's created is is good. Mm-hmm. There's actually a piece to this that says there are people who are departing from the faith because they are denying the goodness of God. They are, they are, uh, they, and, and there's, there's, they're being deceived because of this. And so um, it's kind of a, again, right orientation is a, is a right focus here of, of remember, everything God creates is good. Um, if His hand is in it, then it is it is good. And so um, you see in the early church, by the way, the early church dealing with this remind a reminder that the early church were uh, mostly Jews um, who became Christians, um, and then they would go out into the Gentile world world. And they would, you know, be leaving their kind of Jewishness behind, their traditions, their their laws, their, you know, specifically like the food laws and things like that. And and you would see this tension that would build up because of, let's say, someone like Peter having to eat dinner with a Gentile named like Cornelius or someone like that, and that he he can't eat the foods that are there. So God's kind of releasing him, saying, "Look, just a reminder here." Everything that I've done, everything I've created is good. You know, there were these laws for you, but now we've got, you know, there's this kind of expansion of God's mission and his kingdom into the Gentile world. Um, again, this coming up, uh, this idea of food, of, of, of things, God creates it. It's good. It is good in and of itself. So um, very interesting. You, you, that, that, that becomes a huge tension in the early part of the church that you can see in, in Acts. You can see how they act on this in Acts 15, um, and yeah, just it's powerful. Mm. So what's our daily bread, guys? Sourdough? <laughs> Pumpernickel? Mm. Mm. Rye? Man, I love rye with corned beef and sauerkraut. I'm a, I'm a Reuben guy. I love a good Reuben sandwich. Um, mm. Yeah, with yeah. Okay. You're killing me here. You're killing me here. <laughs> Jim is so hungry. Like Pavlov's dog over here. I'm salivating. All right. Yeah. So you're talking about something that the daily bread is you almost have the sense of provision for the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and when you look at things like not too rich and not too poor. Um I like it that it's the catechism reminds us this is freely given from God. So it reminds us that God provides us that which we need mm-hmm. um, to live. But I also this uh, this concept of good things of of this life. So um, the catechism answer is essentially interpreting daily bread as a competent or adequate portion of the good things of this life. Mm. So that's how the catechism is defining yeah. it, and the good things of this life. Um, I would define them a certain way. God defines them a little differently according to, you know, you've just read about in the scripture. Yeah. Uh, anything that, that God has made and gives and, and is oriented towards life and the sustenance of life, I, I would say is good. Mm-hmm. Um, competent portion of that. 
So the blessings of God freely given, which what, which are of this life, sustain life and lead to life. Mm-hmm. I'm riffing on a little definition there. Yeah. Um, I think it's helpful. Uh, so John Wesley in his explanatory notes, he has these notes that he takes on the Lord's prayer and he turns them into prayers themselves on each of these petitions. And this is what he says on this and what he prays on this. Oh, Father, uh, for we claim nothing of right, but only of thy free mercy. Uh, we, uh, for uh, this day, for we take no thought for the, for the morrow. Our daily Wait bread. a minute. <laughs> for the morrow, no thought for the morrows. Yeah, Carry no on. thought for the, yeah, no thought for the morrows. Um, <laughs> our daily bread, all things needful for our souls and bodies, not only the meat that perisheth, uh, but the sacramental bread and thy grace, the food which endureth to everlasting life. Um, so all things needed. So when we talk about our daily bread, Wesley sees it as not only all things needful for our souls and our bodies, not just the meat, but also the sacramental bread, which, you know, again, back to the discussion we had earlier about, um, about communion, and thy grace, the food which endureth to everlasting life. There's a connection for Wesley, it seems, then, with this prayer, um, give us our daily bread to an understanding of locking in with God's grace and experiencing everlasting life. Right. Now, interestingly enough, throughout the history of interpretation of the bread port piece of this prayer, there has been debate whether there was a connection being made between the idea of bread in the Lord's Prayer and manna from the Old Testament. And some scholars will Mm. say, no, there's not. Other scholars will say there is. And I just want to read a little bit here from um, uh, uh, one scholar in particular. Um, It's that that daily bread, its connection with bread has been broadly debated uh, with suggestions, uh, has been broadly debated uh, with the suggestions, quote, for the the present, present day, um, end quote, or, quote, for necessary existence today, end quote, or for the coming day, quote, end quote, and, and, for the, and for the day. So the idea here is this daily bread has been broadly debated as does it mean for today, does it mean for necessary existence today, does it mean for the coming day, tomorrow, like what does, what is we getting at here, this idea of, or does it have some eschatological end times, the day of the Lord uh, meaning behind it? And so this scholar, he says, since the wording, he agrees that the wording recalls Israel's daily reliance on God for the manna in the desert. You can read about that in Exodus 16. Uh, This view seems most likely that um, this view that uh, for our present day, the the sustenance for today, um, in the same way that manna was only given one day at a time, disciples are to rely on a daily provision for life from God, helping them to develop a continuing conscious dependence on him. The emphatic position of today at the end of the Greek sentence emphasizes that the present day is to be the center of attention, which squares with Jesus's later admonition not to be anxious about the future. So in other words, the idea here is that give us today our daily bread is a prayer for today. Like it's it's not necessarily about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily about um, even the um, the eschaton. Um, it is more about today, focusing on um, 
relying on God today. And we see that in other places. One of my favorite scriptures that's just kind of like a life verse for me is Luke 9, 23. If anyone would follow, come after me, they must deny themselves, take up their cross daily mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. And, and follow me. And that, that idea to take up their cross daily is this, you know, there's a daily just work to be done, right? There's daily focus and mission and, and, and reliance and obedience. And um, I think that the Lord's Prayer um, lends credence to that. Yeah, and it's just also that's how this relationship is built and this Christian life is lived. Yes. Um, is let's, let's take a reminder that you can't even stock up on Sundays. Mm. Um, yeah. Right. It's, it's just like, this is a daily and it's not only daily work, it's just daily union, mm. um, daily asking daily, um, seeking for God to do what you cannot do for yourself. That's yeah. the rhythm of the beauty of Christian life. Yeah. How do y'all enjoy God's blessings in your life? Mm. That, because that's a big part of this, right? It seems like enjoying those daily good things. What do y'all? I mean, it's also how, it's also a, a big part of this catechism. Again, as we go back to the very first question, mm-hmm. enjoying God forever. Yeah, one hundred percent. Absolutely. For me, it's uh, for me, it's uh, with with others. Mm. Like um, that with my family, with my spouse, with my small group, with my church. Like sharing and testifying to the to them with others like if if it's only for me then i don't know um uh that's great but when Mm -hmm. to be able to to share that with others um whether it's my resources whether it's just the fact that god is blessed or or you know um done something amazing in my life Mm -hmm. um the fact that i can share that with others makes it even sweeter Mm -hmm. and um and it's just a way to testify to who God is. So that's good. Yeah. It's funny. Um, enjoying God's blessings is, is, let me just say, it's easy for me to overlook. Mm. I think that's why the discipline of um, Thanksgiving, mm. like I, I've made it an intentional discipline in an almost daily journal, I fail sometimes. Of, of writing down and identifying five things that I'm grateful for is because I live very, very quick life that doesn't sit in the present long enough. Mm. Um, so enjoying even daily bread sometimes might be getting something so I'm not hungry so that I can go and do the next thing I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of a sign of the illness of the age um, living within me. So um, to enjoy those things is is something that I actually need to work on even more and would like to, but gratitude is something that always kind of brings me back into enjoying the things that God, God blesses. Even, even down to, I did eat that sister Schubert roll very slowly, (laughs) very slowly. Um, For me, it's um, I find that when I am purposefully uh, living within my means then I can focus on the good things that God has blessed me with, that I'm not trying to buy my happiness or to, um, you know, extend to myself financially or whatever uh, beyond what I'm able to. If I, and I have to, I have to kind of um, discipline myself to do that because I think, oh, I want that next thing. I want that newest thing. I want, I want, I want, I want when all around me, I already have such good things. So it's trying to learn 
simplicity is trying to learn living within my means. Mm. Um, that that's that's an important piece, and I find when I really lock in with that, there's a lot of joy that comes out of that. Um, uh, the problem with me is I get sucked into just kind of everyday things, and I I don't necessarily see that all the time. Um, and so I try to well, I need this, I need that, I need this thing, I need that thing, and that that mentality, that view of I need, I need, I need, keeps me from sometimes seeing the goodness that is already there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, yeah, you know, I, I love enjoying. Yeah, it's the things that I forget about. Like um, in the last couple of weeks, I've been um, playing golf with some buddies of mine. Um, just as I'm winding my down my time here in Columbus, I mean, I've been, I mean that's okay. You didn't have to invite Alan or me, but that's fine. fine. Uh, but just reminding myself that I, hey, I like going outside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, uh, looking yeah. forward to fishing a little bit over the summer. Um, in mm. my news, you know, to to I love going outside and doing things, and I have allowed myself to not do that as much for whatever reason. Yeah, and um. I found I find such great joy in it. Um, yeah. Me too. So uh, those are you know, and and Alan, I appreciate what you said about community, about people share, sharing this with uh, people. That that's a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, very much so. I, I love it when I'm with my friends. I love it when with my family. Um, there's a couple of guys here in Columbus that um, we go to concerts together sometimes, um, and those are some of the most fond memories I, I have. Um, here is is with those two guys uh, going mm. to concerts and you know jamming out, just having a good time. So, and yes, I said jamming out. Yeah, you're a I'm, fish guy, aren't you? Like I uh, am not. I'm a rush like, guy. Rush, oh, rush guy. Rush, rush, rush. Yeah, it's rush. funny. Um, the other this about a week ago, um, my family, wife and children had they went somewhere else. I couldn't go. They had to go on, on a trip, and and I had to stay here to take care of some things. And my first thought was, all oh, right. It's like three days. Yes. I'm on my own. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, I was feeling like I was feeling the, the introvert need, like I need yeah. a little bit of that. Um, and it was like less than a day. And I was like, I am not good by myself. I'm the same <laughs> way, man. I used back, to, I used come to come back. I actually yes. like you all. I love you yeah. all. <laughs> I don't like, I, I, if I have to live by myself again, it's going to have to be like in a cloistered community. <laughs> uh, cause I just, I can't do it. I'll, yeah. I'll come out looking, I'll just walk out of my house to check the mail looking like Tom Hanks at the end of, uh, end of, uh, whatever that movie cast is. away, cast away. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and I'll just be like, "Wow, it's been four hours, Jim." I know. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, um, oh my gosh! It here. I know. Oh my gosh! My brain just died on me. Uh, from Dunder Mifflin. Um, uh, Steve Carell's guy, a character. <laughs> Michael. Michael Scott. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like my head just blew up. All right. That was like and, five minutes of, of airtime, but okay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like Michael Scott when he goes and does like a Survivor Man thing. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> he's three hours into it and has already torn up his clothes. And he's. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, anyway, so uh, now one of the things I think we run into the danger with here, and we, I, you know, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but, um, you know, God's blessings don't necessarily translate into material things and material right, positions. Right. Uh, health, wealth, prosperity does not necessarily in and of itself 
prove to us that God is blessing us. Yes. Um, you can be terminally ill with cancer and still be blessed by God. You can be poor and still be blessed by God. You can be, um, you know, God, that we're not talking about the, the, the things that we own, our health, our wealth, our prosperity, whatever it is, is not determining, is not signs, if you will, that we are blessed or un, not blessed by God. Mm-hmm. And you can get into some really dangerous theology with mm. that thinking. Um, but what we do see is that there is joy in the blessings of God, however they come. Um, some of the most joyful communities I've ever seen have been people who are in extreme poverty, um, who pull together, who have a great community there. And um, particularly when I was in Guatemala, I saw this. It was a powerful, powerful reminder to me. Um, because, in a sense, that community is having to literally daily rely on God for their daily bread, for whether they're going to eat that day or not. And so there's such great joy in that reliance. So, um, yeah, our, our, our blessings, um, our joy should not be tied up necessarily to um, whether we have a lot or don't. Yeah, yeah, no, I just think it's um I just I like the tie in to manna. Mm-hmm. Um and and the whole I mean God was teaching them to daily rely on him. I mean it was a it was a it was a it was a lesson more yeah. than anything. Um and um so when we pray that and it's supposed to be a daily prayer, I I would think girl uh very often prayer is a reminder uh, that we are daily providing, you know, relying on God. Um, and then when we, when we try to do too much um, or gather too much, like the Israelites and, you know, things become rotten. Um, and mm-hmm. so um, I just think it's a good reminder to daily provide on, to, to, to rely on God. Yeah. So, and, you know, it's awesome. interesting about the manna piece, too, is, you know, that daily reliance on God, um, it doesn't have to be different every day. Like, it can be the same thing. And that was the complaint of the Israelites, right? Like, eventually, the manna came, and after, you know, however long of eating manna every day, they would just be like, they would complain. Not more manna, not more manna. Yeah, right. And so then God sent quail, and then they would complain. Not more quail, more quail and man, and more quail and man. So I think sometimes uh, God's blessing us. We miss it because it's become every day, and we just we 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 want something different out of our own whatever. Um, it can be the same, and that's there's some beauty in the sameness of God's provision for us. Yeah, like um, oxygen is the same. Amen. Every day. And that is actually a gift from the Lord in whom we live and move and have our being. Yeah. Absolutely. Drop the mic, man. Boom. What? I'm, I, Boom. I'm not saying that out of any sense of anything other than a... No, uh, it's just a I really good reminder. Too. It's just yeah. like a, you know... Um, man, the ox- oxygen is... Oh, my gosh. That is such a good reminder. Man, that'll preach all day long. I think um, it has. Um, I'll look my files. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, mm. that's so good. That's so good. Well, um... One last thing, uh, this word competent. You know, we, we today have a different understanding of the word competent, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's more mental faculties than anything or, or how we do a job. Um, but I guess what this is just saying, a competent is just enough, right? I guess that's how it's 
how it would that's at least how the context plays out here um i got you fam check this out yes competent was uh very much used in legal language in the 16 1700s um, i'm looking at an excerpt from the massachusetts body of liberties from 1641 this is just a quick google search and it talks about um leaving someone a competent portion of your estate if um, somebody mm. has a death um, you're required to leave a competent portion of their estate to your spouse James Madison in um, the 1800s, in fact, uh, talks about um, leaving adequate portion of the soil for raising crop or competent portion of the soil for raising crops. And it's a sense of adequacy. Adequacy. Yeah. It's a sense of enough, not yes. too much, not too little. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you're a competent person, you're 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 just adequate. <laughs> well, which is actually good. I mean, that's yeah, good. No. Like, yeah. Like, welcome to our, our elitist achievement society where being being adequate is not good enough. Wow. <laughs> wow. Man, Jim is just, I think he's I gotten... was alive today. Uh, that's adequate. Well, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> My heart beat today adequately. Adequately. Yes. Well, not excellently? No. Just no, just adequately. adequately. Enough to keep me alive today. Ooh, gosh, what a, what a failure. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. That's so awesome. All right. Well, I have probably lost friends this episode between the whole <laughs> communion thing and. <laughs> gosh. Well, usually towards the end, I get ready to say you can uh, comment on our, any of our social media, but maybe today I need to shut down our social media. Yes, yes Jim, you've lost all two of them. Um, <laughs> wow, that was, I mean, that was an adequate amount of listeners for me. <laughs> A competent, a competent. Amount. I'm just messing. We're that's still an adequate here. amount sti- for this competent podcaster. We're still here. Don't worry about it. That's true. That's absolutely oh, true. This just gets darker and darker. <laughs> You're stuck. Did with you us. know? Just speaking of which, um, pop tarts are a kind of bread. Yes. In fact, pop tarts can be a sandwich, right? Yeah, make them a sandwich. And so uh, I'm hungry, and I'm gonna go get some pop tarts. All right. So that <laughs> sounds Jim's amazing. Way of saying, let's shut her down. <laughs> shut her down. He's calling the question. All right, so, <laughs> so, oh, um, <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, we are so glad that y'all have joined us on this as we talked about our daily bread. Um, our next episode, we're going to be um, getting into the fifth petition of the Lord's Prayer. We're almost done, by the way, guys. We are almost done with Wesley's Catechism. And the next um, next time we come to you guys, we're going to kind of lay out some plans that we have coming up, and we're excited about what the Lord is doing. And, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. As a reminder, the uh, Podakesis podcast is part of the Spirit and Truth Podcasting Network. Um, Spirit and Truth is a movement of Wesleyan-minded Christians seeking to awaken and equip the 21st century church through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm. to share the gospel, and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We long to see a new movement of Christians who are empowered by the Spirit, rooted in truth, and mobilized for mission. For more information and resources, uh, contact, or you can look at, um, go to spiritandtruth.life. And uh, leave us a five-star rating on Apple iTunes. Visit us on our social media. I'm not shutting it down. At Podakesis is where you can find us. Uh, you can send us any questions or comments at questions at podakesis.com. You can leave us a voicemail, 404-635-6679. And until next time, y'all enjoy your daily bread, and we will talk to you later. <laughs>